بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم اما بعد as has been the practice in the years that have passed that in this time we read from this book remembrance of death and the purpose is to remind ourselves of this reality which we are all going to face especially in the year that has passed this has become a very great reminder to us but despite these reminders sometimes we still become neglectful we still remain heedless and continue in a very very neglectful manner so we need to keep reminding ourselves that this is a reality allah knows best when our time comes therefore this has been the practice of the mashayikh that have passed and in emulation of them we are trying to remind ourselves as well that in their gatherings there would be specifically the discussion of death hazrat umar bin abdul aziz rahmatullahi very great personality he would gather the ulama at night and instruct them to discuss the ahadith and the various aspects related to death so despite these people being so conscious themselves they still continue reminding themselves and we are far away yet we don't take the time to remind ourselves so now that we are here inshallah we will read from this book and try to take the lessons from there bismillahir rahmanir rahim hazrat ibn umar radhiyallahu anhu says i was one among 10 people who came into the presence of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam one ansari stood up and asked nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam who is the most intelligent and careful person who is the most intelligent and careful person if somebody has to propose that question to us in general to people so now our minds would run the person who perhaps has some not one but multiple phd's somebody who is probably a rocket scientist somebody who is very smart he can maybe he's a he's got some very high flying degrees so if something has been learned within the limits of sharia and it is being used in a correct way it is being used in a way that does not contravene any law of allah taala then that's fine in its place but that itself doesn't make a person intelligent in the eyes of allah tbarak wa in the eyes of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam in the court of allah taala intelligence is something else and that is the reason this question was asked that nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam uh this ansari asked rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam who is the most intelligent and careful person because they wanted to be intelligent in the court of allah taala they wanted to be intelligent not in the eyes of the world because the eyes of the world the standards are anything and everything for somebody intelligence is one thing somebody something else somebody who manages to rob and cheat people in such a way that they don't know what happened like it's a common story say i bought and sold him meaning i cheated him he didn't even know what hit him so now the person who is very smart at deceiving others in some circles that is real intelligence so for some people that is really smart 
that a person has the art of deceiving others in such a way they don't even know they got deceived. So can that ever be regarded as an intelligence? So likewise the people of dunya got all their own definitions of what intelligence is, but that for a mu'min is not the standard to go by. Therefore the Sansari was concerned, the Sahaba were concerned about this, and they asked Rasulullah that who is the most intelligent and careful person? Nabi replied, those people who remember death most and prepare for it most. Those people who remember death most and prepare for it most. These are people who have excelled in the nobility of this world and the honor of the hereafter. Intelligence, with all its various definitions, even in terms of dunya, that person is genuinely intelligent, who has tremendous foresight. He's not somebody who just, as sometimes it is described, he can only see till the tip of his nose, meaning he has no idea now how to plan to bypass some difficulties that might come from how he might conduct himself. So now he just goes headlong into anything without thinking of what the consequences would be. Now he wants to start off a business, he didn't do the homework properly, he just goes headlong, he spent all his capital and now after having started it off he realized that this is not the business for this place. This place is no market for it. Or this product Nobody here is interested in it. Now he didn't do any of the homework. So despite being maybe very intelligent, he might have had a lot of degrees in terms of business, but he didn't have the foresight to do the homework properly, to think about what's to be done, what's the market. So now the dunya all regard him as very foolish. Why? Because he didn't think about the consequences first. He didn't think about what's going to be the result of what I'm doing. And he lacked that foresight. So now with all this foresight of dunya, that foresight of dunya, no matter how deep somebody might have that foresight, but he might be able to then, in the light of that foresight of his plan for the next 10 years, but his akhirat is one day away. His death is already hovering above him. And that reality he didn't plan for which is a certainty, the person who might be the worst atheist also, he cannot deny the certainty of death. Allah forbid people deny the, cre- the existence of a creator, they deny Allah Taala. they have some kind of suppositions and imaginations that everything just happened by chance. But with all those kind of fallacious ideas also, they still cannot deny the reality and the certainty of death. So now with that such a certainty, should there be no preparation for it? So now if a person doesn't have that foresight, that something so certain, and something which is such a reality, and he didn't prepare for it, so is his intelligence. So this is the message, message that is being given here, that those people who remember death most, because now they are planning, if a person is remembering death, then inshallah he'll be planning accordingly that what's going to be of benefit for him after death. Those people who remember death most and prepare for it most. These are the people who have excelled in the nobility of this world and in the honor of the hereafter.
commentary of this, many ahadith and the different topics have been narrated from Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam regarding the remembrance of death. Some of these narrations have already been mentioned under the hadith of restraining hopes. Amongst them, the command of Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam has been mentioned in different narrations that remember the breaker of pleasures excessively. Remember the breaker, the destroyer of pleasures excessively. Aktiru zikra hazimin ladzat. That remember that which will destroy, which will bring to an end all the pleasures and leisures and comforts of dunya. Remember it excessively, that is death. So this is a message that Rasulullah has very clearly given because when death comes, all the big hopes of a person all come to an end. Hopes of dunya. All the things that he was aspiring for of dunya. End of the story. I'm mentioning this topic separately because of the importance given to it by Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Excessive remembrance of death is a means of, number one, restraining hopes. When a person is now planning the short term and the long term, the short term plan itself is a five year plan. That's the short term plan. And the long term plan is a 50 year plan. Now that is how we plan dunya. But now the person who sees that the reality of death, this is imminent. So part of day to day planning, he'll, he'll do what is necessary. If there's a need to plan ahead for certain things, he'll do that. But he will always be realizing that this death is an imminent thing. You do what is reasonable. Plan what is reasonable. We don't have any guarantee for tonight, forget tomorrow. But what is reasonable, that's within limits. And now a person's got that 20 year plan, and 50 year plan. Love for good. Sometimes it goes beyond that. person is planning for the third generation and he'll long be gone into his grave. So that is not in keeping with the spirit of Deen. The thing that we have been taught about is restraining these hopes, not having these long, long hopes of dunya. So by remembering death, number one, it helps in restraining hopes. Number two, preparing for death. Number three, non-attachment towards the world, which is the actual object of remembering death. Non-attachment. There are two separate things. One is that a person detaches himself entirely from the world. He doesn't have anything to do with the things of dunya. So he now goes and secludes himself in some cave. That's not what's required. We have not been taught to do that. He will use the dunya, but what is being mentioned there is non-attachment. That his heart is not given to the dunya. His heart is for Allah Ta'ala. The dunya will be in his hand, not in his heart. So by remembering death, it helps towards the non-attachment towards the world, which is the actual object of remembering death. Because when a person becomes attached to dunya, to all the comforts and leisures and pleasures of dunya, so now he keeps looking at what somebody else has. Because his heart is attached to this, so he always wants more of it. Even if he has something very good, but because the so-called ultimate has now come onto the market. But that ultimate will last and be, remain the ultimate for the next three months. After three months there will be a new ultimate. In that particular aspect, in that particular item, in that particular series of that vehicle, in whatever the comfort is. They always call it the ultimate. 
and then three months later there's a new ultimate. So that's all just to keep the person now engrossed in it. So when a person will have this remembrance of death, he'll say, MashaAllah, what I have is more than what I need. So what should I now keep looking ahead for something else? Enjoy what Allah is blessed with, but keep the heart filled with contentment. So this is the lesson that is being given here, that the non-attachment towards the world, number four, it helps to prevent amassing unused wealth. Number five, helps to gather a treasure for the hereafter. Number six, a thing which encourages repentance from sin, that is remembrance of death, is something which encourages repentance from sin. And number seven, it's a prevention from oppressing others and not fulfilling their rights. These last two aspects, person doesn't repent because he in his heart, he is consoling himself, appeasing himself, that well I am still quite young and when I am 50 then it's a time to start take, making a change in life. My grandfather lived till the age of 85, my father is already 65, so I am not going to go before 50. So already now the mind is appeasing him, shaitan and nafs, they gather and they appease him that you have enough time, don't worry, you carry on. So when the person doesn't have this remembrance of death in front of him, he postpones Toba. He falls into sin and then he postpones Toba later, later. As a result he gets deeper and deeper and then that later never comes. It's then too late, suddenly life is gone. And likewise, when a person is, he has long long hopes, it doesn't bother him that he's oppressing somebody. It doesn't bother him that he's trampling somebody's rights. Because he's got no fear of the year after, that tomorrow I will have to face Allah Ta'ala. Tomorrow I'll be in my cover, I'll have to answer for all this. And then it'll be too late to make amends. But a person who is already, always conscious of death, what if this is the last moment of my life? And now I want to trample this person's rights, and I'll go in my cover like this. So what will be the outcome? The person who is conscious of death, then this will become a prevention from oppressing others and not fulfilling their rights. In short, this deed includes within itself many benefits. For this reason it is the practice of the Mashaykh of Suluk to especially advise their followers to meditate over death according to their appropriate conditions. This meditation of death we have discussed many times before but again this is a revision. This is something that we have to keep reminding ourselves and practicing also. The purpose is practice. The person is purpose is to make it a part of our life. Some people's hearts are very weak. They don't manage to uh, be able to manage. They don't manage the remembrance of death in the form of actually meditating over their own death. It just becomes too overwhelming. People become sometimes so overwhelmed the person can't function. And that is not the purpose either. That a person becomes so overwhelmed that he now can't conduct his day-to-day -day responsibilities. So for such people, then to meditate over Jannat. Subhanallah, what na'mat Allah has kept in Jannat. But these na'mats are for who? Now to, to bring to mind the various na'mats that have been mentioned in the Quran Sharif, the na'mas that have been mentioned in the Hadith Sharif, the rivers of Jannat and the palaces of Jannat, 
and all the various things that have been mentioned Allah that has mentioned in the Quran Sharif for us to take a lesson from it but then who is this for? who will gain these bounties of Allah Ta'ala? it is for the people who have adopted taqwa who have been in the obedience of Allah Ta'ala so now if this is the the route to Jannah then I have to become obedient to Allah Ta'ala so by remembering death in this way the lesson to then take is that I'm not going to be able to get there directly by disobeying Allah Ta'ala, by trampling the commands of Allah Ta'ala, by trampling people's rights, by oppressing others. That's not going to take me directly to Jannah. I don't want to get there directly. I can't chance it and risk getting there via Jahannam. Allah forbid. So now that will take a person, bring him con- to the consciousness of Akhirat and make him prepare for it. But generally, for the rest of us, we should try to meditate over death by pondering over our own death to dedicate some time few minutes, three minutes five minutes in the day especially now those of us who are in Atikaf so we should program ourselves we should have a timetable if we even take time to write it down tonight sometime we take ten minutes to sit down and actually write down our timetable for the rest of the ten days that we are here for the daily program so in our own time, our spare time, the free time that we would have to fit this in, muraqabah of moth, the meditation of death for two minutes, three minutes to sit down and meditate on the situation that this is now my last moments my time has come when a person starts leaving dunya he can already start visualizing and seeing he starts seeing what normally a human being cannot see he starts seeing the angels this is we will inshallah read from the various ahadis that have been mentioned these things then open out the curtain and the veil that covers the akhirat from us and the realities of akhirat the angels and various things that veil starts getting uplifted he's still alive to a point but the ruh is leaving him and he starts seeing things already he can see what kind of angels are coming whether it's angels of rahmat which starts becoming a source of great comfort for him or whether it is angels of azab let alone the many incidents that we will read here even in the recent times recent times meaning in this past year that has gone and there have been so many people that have left dunya and there have been so many reports person now is in that last moments and then he is suddenly he's smiling and those around him want to know what happened and you see now I'm seeing some somebody is walking in the prisons but nobody is walking in, only he is seeing something and then barely a minute or two later the person passes away what he saw, who he saw, it's obvious he saw the malaika coming, what kind of presence, Allah knows what best what he saw but this is not an isolated thing, somebody saw he's suddenly talking to, he's talking to his, some family person on the phone he's in a hospital and has nobody around him and he's talking to somebody on the phone and then he suddenly just stops he says somebody is coming in now they wanting to know who is probably some doctors they say no 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 some people all dressed in green all coming in and they bringing some things along and he suddenly sounding excited and then he goes silent and then they realize when they follow it up say he's passed away he's passed away but who was there in his room at that time I say, no nobody was there in his room he was alone these are all the realities Allah Ta'ala starts opening out to a person now to imagine this is our time Allah forbid that if the person is without taqwa he is passing away on the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala he starts seeing the angels of azab 
He's already the terror starts being experienced while he's still partially alive. Now to imagine that this is our last moment. Now the light is ebbing out. And then eventually, what, what scene is around? Imagine that people around, what's going on? Who might be saying something? At that time a person is semi-conscious. He can still think certain things. What might be running through the mind at that time? Hey, I wish I had the chance to delete those things. There's something there in that cupboard, I wish it was not there. But now the person is motionless. He's just partly conscious, but he can't lift a finger. Where is he going to go delete something now? So now to think that this is the situation that has come already, so that it spurs us to delete all this forever, and to get rid of all these vices forever. And now to imagine that that death has come, and whatever happens thereafter, the ghusl is taking place. Imagine ourselves, that lifeless body just being turned and we are in the hands of others and then lying there and whatever scene is around us then being carried to our graves the janaza salah then being carried to the grave imagine the scene of ourselves being lowered into the grave and being laid down on the cold floor of that grave and then that grave is getting darker as those planks are being put into place and then hear that sand falling we can hear it in our minds that I am lying in my grave all alone, it's dark, and now the sand is falling, and then now it's me and my amal. Just now the angels are going to be here, they're going to be questioning me, what answers do I have? And then actually, if you imagine the questioning has started, what answers do I have? So now, this meditation of death, this will now bring us to some consciousness of it, then to come, so to say, to reality that. Allah Ta'ala has given me a chance, I need to make toba. I need to become conscious of Allah Ta'ala, make toba from all the sins, then make toba at that moment. Take half a minute, one minute to sincerely make toba, and now to reaffirm our commitment that, Ya Allah, we will refrain from all the vices and sins, and we will do whatever is pleasing to you. This meditation of death daily should become part of our program. And not only for here, while in Atikaf for the last 10 days of Ramadan who are not in Atikaf as well but this should then become a, me, a, a practice for us throughout our life Allah Tabarak wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillah